And I believe it's Phil's birthday today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday. Amen. So we have a cake in the back. Amen. It's a cupcake, but it's a cake. Amen. We'll see how much we can share. All right. If you have your Bible with you, I'm going to ask you to open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. And, and you know, I, I'd like to comment on yesterday was amazing. It was an amazing. And being in the streets is something that we, that we have to do. It's something we have to do. And, and, and I always wonder why it's difficult uh, for us to just do, you know, evangelism. And it, not even rally, just to walk the streets and share the love of Jesus Christ with people. It doesn't have to be an organizer. It's just walking the streets and sharing the love of Jesus, uh, not just with the community and the homeless, but with our own homes. Hello, you know, with our own families and friends and neighbors and coworkers sharing Christ. I, uh, there at the rally, uh, I, I counted 15 uh, converted um, vans or trailers or campers where people were living in. And I saw children, and I mentioned to somebody, wouldn't it be nice if we could just go and pick them up, the kids up? There were kids there for vacation Bible school, you know, or take them on a, on a picnic or something, you know, to let them know that we are, we're walking with you in hardship. But that's what it means to serve others, to share. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 16, and our, our topic this month is spiritual growth. Let me read what it says, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. Some versions are different, but uh, it's saying the same thing. This is what it says, verse 16, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Father God, my prayer this morning is that you would speak to us through your word, that you would transform our hearts and our lives. I pray for the spiritual man, the spiritual woman to rise up. Let the spiritual man, the spiritual woman be the first thing we see when we look at our, at our brother and our sister. Father God, be glorified. Speak to us, transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when, when God created humanity, uh, he used two ingredients. Um, the first ingredient was dirt. Just good old-fashioned dirt. He made like a lump of dirt. I don't know how he did it. You know, he took a, made like a statue of mud, whatever it was. But he took some dirt. The Bible tells us that he took dirt and he formed the man. But the man was not alive. It was just some dirt, you know. That, that's what we were, dirt. Lifeless. And so there was another ingredient that he added to the dirt. The most, the most valuable uh, ingredient. Because dirt doesn't cost much. Now, there are times you see signs that says free dirt, right? doesn't cost a whole lot. In fact, I read where the human body, the chemicals in the human body add up to about $3.50, right? I, I took Debbie down to the recycling place and I said, 350? 
I'll just, you know, I'll keep her, you know. But you have, you have dirt as one ingredient, so God added something, the most valuable part, what makes us valuable, what makes us, you know, because dirt is temporary. You make a dirt statue, uh, you know, let it rain, it'll just wash away, to, you know. So he added something, the valuable part. The Bible says that he breathed into what he had made. God breathed into it, and the man became a living being. What was a lump of dirt became a living being. So you have a created part. And even though the dirt was the first part, the breath of God is the eternal part. Dirt will go away. You've heard the saying, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And it's true. We will return to the earth. We will return to dust. But there is a part of us that is eternal. A part of us that will exist forever. And we will live in the state of a spiritual existence for eternity. But the spirit that God breathed into you is so valuable that it transforms the dirt. And it's, it's what makes us spiritual. We are spiritual. If you didn't know that, I'm telling you that this morning. We are spiritual. You are spiritual. That's what you are first and foremost. Because this dirt is temporary. This flesh is temporary. It'll be here for a while and it'll be gone, but you will exist forever. And what gives you your value is that you are alive by the breath of God. When he breathed into man, that's what gave you the life that you have. Whenever we see a person, the first thing we see is their physical body. The first thing we see is their face, right? The human body, the face is what we see. But there's a whole lot more to people than what meets the eye. A whole lot more. We are spirits. Not like the Ghostbuster spirits floating around and, you know. We are embodied spirits. We are spiritual. That's what we are. We are spiritual. And God gave us life and put us in, put Adam in a garden to subdue the garden. And over time and over years, the garden has subdued the man. The substances of the earth have subdued the man and has taken control over the man. But we are spiritual. We're more than that. We're greater than that. We are spirits created by God. And if all you look at, when you look at a person, is the dirt, if that's all you see, then you're going to miss the greatest part of what we are. Some people focus on the dirt. That's all they see. That's all they look at. They don't see the spirit in a person. They look at the dirt. They see the dirt. And if you watch people close enough, believe me, you'll see a lot of dirt. Right? You'll be looking at them. Look at that dirt over there, you know? Look, 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 look at that. Look at that dirt. Dirt. That's all, you know, if, if you focus on people, on the body, that's what we're focusing on. What gives us value, however is that God breathed into us. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. And not only do we have the human spirit that God breathed, it's just amazing. I, I, when I think about even 
when a baby is born and that, that first breath that it takes is symbolic. It is symbolic of the spirit rushing in. Not that the baby comes to life at birth, but symbolic of the life that lives inside of us, the spirit of the living God. We are spirit. That's what we are first. What we tend to notice first is the flesh, is the body. We remember people by face. We remember people by body and, 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 uh, and the physical and the earthly. But we're a whole lot more than that. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Paul later, he wrote about having a treasure in, in jars of clay, and that's what he's talking about. In earthen jars of clay, we have this treasure, something that you would think a treasure belongs in something nicer than dirt. But that's what God did. He, he put something valuable within us. So what if we looked beyond the dirt this morning? What if this year we say, you know what, I'm going to look beyond the dirt. When I look at my brothers and my sisters in church, when I see people on the streets, when we evangelize and witness to those that we're witnessing to, what if I look beyond what I see in the, the, in the body? What if I look beyond race? What if I look beyond socioeconomic status? What if I look beyond those things and see something beyond the physical, beyond the worldly? What would I see? Who would I find? What if we grew to the place where we focused on the spiritual man or the spiritual woman? And this is what Paul is considering here in this verse. He said, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. That's what he's talking about. And then he makes this confession. You know, when you read it, it's like, whoa, Paul, you, Paul? He makes this confession. Paul, he says, I used to regard Christ that way. Like he was just some dude. Yeah, I hear him talking about that. Who is Christ? Jesus, you know, I, who is he? And he would regard him from a worldly perspective. Like he was just some guy without any virtue, without any merit or distinction. In fact, the prophet Isaiah kind of confirmed what Paul was thinking when he says, man, if you were to look at him, and you look at his physical body, if you look at the dirt, you'll miss something. Isaiah said, and this was years, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, that he has no beauty or majesty to attract us to it. If you saw him, there would be nothing, nothing in the physical features of this person that you would look at him and say, wow, look at him, he is amazing, that's God. There is nothing about him. Nothing in his image, in his appearance. He says there was nothing that we should desire him physically. He would be difficult to discern as special, as different. Isaiah went on to say that he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering like one from whom men hide their faces. And if you think back far enough, Maybe in school, maybe not, maybe just recently, there are people that you want to avoid. You ever have a person like that you want to avoid? You know, at, at school, you know, you're trying to ditch somebody. That you wait till they go to the water fountain and then you all run somewhere. You know, and, and you know, or you pretend like you're not home or whatever it may be. Isaiah said that that was Jesus. 
That was Jesus. Like one from whom men hide their faces. There was nothing in the physical features, nothing in his appearance. He goes on to say, say that he was despised and we esteemed him not. He says that Jesus was the kind of man you would consider stricken by God. God has put a curse on him. You can look at him and begin to deduce and, and, and figure it logically that he's got, he's got to be messed up. There's something about this guy that even God is against him. That people considered him stricken by God. And people do that to one, we do that to one another. Uh, th there's got to be something wrong with this, brother, because of this. And we have a whole list of things that we can say is the cause of their downfall. They said about Jesus, a man who carried in his body the affliction of God, that God is pouring out his wrath upon this guy. He was a wounded man, an oppressed man. Not to mention that he was cut off early in life. And that would have been a confirmation for some people. See, I told you, he died early. He died in his prime. Surely God had no plans for this guy. And when he died, he was assigned a grave that was designated for the wicked. And it would seem like, you know, our, our ideas about the fallenness and the emptiness of this man, Jesus, is confirmed, right? This is the way Israel saw Jesus when Jesus came. So if you merely look at the man without knowing the man, if you merely look at the man without studying the man, you'll miss him. You'll miss him. You'll miss who he really is and, and, and what he is. You, you'll never really know him if all you see is the physical man. This is the way Israel saw Jesus. And Paul is admitting right here in verse 16, this is the way I saw Jesus. In fact, he, Paul is admitting that he, he examined every man from a worldly point of view. He says this in verse 16, so, now, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. Wow, that's pretty heavy. When you think about it, it it's almost natural to judge people from a worldly or physical point of view. When you look at people, it's almost natural to, 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 to think about them based on how they appear. We make our, our judgments on appearance. Because the physical man or the physical woman is what we see first, right? It's what we see first, but there's more to us. There's more to us than that. Before his conversion, Paul had an opinion about Christ based on his appearance, but you can never judge a book by its cover, right? The outward appearances are never reliable enough for us to make a judgment on a person's character. And many have made grave errors trying to size up a man's worth by his appearance or her appearance. There have been many couples, hello, who have experienced overwhelming disappointment that the person that they married, who was physically flawless, beautiful, you know, beautiful in form and feature, perfect, what they would call a 10 or 
you know, a brick house or whatever you would call them. Perfect and flawless, but spiritually and socially and emotionally a wreck. All messed up, beautiful, but they didn't know the spiritual part of who that person was. And they enter into a whole world of regret and remorse and hardship. Paul is admitting that this is how I judged people. This is how I judge. I would look at circumstances. I would look at things in their life. I would look at them and I would watch people. And when I watched people, I came to conclusions about people. And he was wrong. There are people who look at people and they look at people closely and come to conclusions and are wrong because they never get to know the person, right? You can see them far off, you may see their face, recognize their face, have a conversation and know their personality. But it's not until you really get to know them and spend time that their spirituality begins to emerge through their behavior the time that we spend with others. Paul is admitting this is how I judge people. But we need to look much deeper than that, church. You know, because there are noble men who turned out to be fools. They appear to be noble. And what appears to be poor and undignified men and women turned out to be the most honorable people that we could ever meet. Gracious and decent and spiritually powerful and you'd never know it by their appearance. This is why we never give up on people. This is why we should be full of grace. I, I was sharing at, at Bible study, one of, one of the, the values that I try to live by, this is something I try, I, I try to live by, like if you ever see me, like I, I, I'm, I'm give, I try to give things away. You know, when the kids, you know, when they had the spinners, I would give out spinners. When they, you know, diff different things, give gifts, stuff, just give stuff. But even when I have nothing materially to give, to always walk into a situation, walk into a conversation with something to give. Walk into every situation, every circumstance with a, a comment, a compliment, grace, let me give some grace over here. Let me cover over a multitude of sins. Always bringing with me. See, I, I can be poor materially, but fill my pockets with grace and love and kindness and hope. And I can share that stuff wherever I go. And when people, you do that enough, when you do that enough, people begins to see your spirituality. They stop looking at the man, the person, when you give enough of the other kinds of stuff. This is why we never give up on people. This is why we need to grow up spiritually and stop looking at the dirt. Our conceptions and views of Jesus have changed and our conceptions and our views of people should change. Not only do we see Christ from a spiritual point of view, we need to see people from that same view because Christ deposited gifts in each of us. The Bible says that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave, he deposited, he's, he shared these things. What are those things? What are the gifts that you have? 
What are, the, what are those pieces of God's virtue, God's grace that belong to you, that he's given to you? When Paul was changed, Paul, man, his view of Christ changed. He was out killing Christians, throwing them into jail, uh, you know, dividing families. And when he saw Jesus for the first time, when he knocked him down and blinded him, and he was able to recognize Jesus for the first time, his entire life changed. And the way that he saw Christ changed. And today, you are enabled by the grace of God to look beyond the social. You are enabled today to look beyond the earthly, to see the real you, to see the real brother and sister that's sitting next to you. Old things have passed away. Old thoughts, old principles, old practices have been passed away. All things must become new for us as believers. That's what Paul is saying. Since we died with Christ, we're done with the carnal. We put it away. We're done with the carnal. We're done with the superficial. We're done with the, with the external, the worldly, the outward. We have to look much deeper than that. That doesn't mean that we stop brushing our teeth. Hello. Right? We just see much more than a person's humanity because humanity can be very misleading. The world judges people by birth and wealth and position. The world judges people by status. Paul says, man, I used to look at people and see social status or culture or race or wealth or education or Culver City or Inglewood or Santa Monica or Linux. But to the, oh, wait a minute. Where are you from, S.A.? Oh, sorry. Right? But to the man or the woman who is filled with Christ, these kind of distinctions should be fading away. Right? We don't see that stuff anymore. It fades away. And all things, man, all things become new. Man, when we, amen, praise the Lord. You know, every year we, we watch I don't, I don't know if we did it this past year, uh, but every year we'd watch that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And, <laughs> and there are times when I'm sitting, I'll usually up front and I'm watching and we're watching the movie. And there's a part in that movie where, G, I mean, Jesus beat down, he's dragging the cross and his mother wants to come and help him. And, and then he tells her, see, I am making all things new. Man, and when he says that, it, I, I, be, I just begin to cry right there, man. I am, that's what it cost him to make me more than dirt. That's what it cost him, that I can be gracious to other people. Otherwise, I could not do a thing on my own without that pain that he carried, without the cross that he carried. This is why we don't give up on people. This is why what we do, we do together. We're not a get fighting against each other as a church. Well, some do this and some, do, some follow Apollo, some follow Paul, some hit the streets and some. No, man, we're our team. We're a church. We're a family, a body, right? We're alive, a living body. All things have become new, and there is not a single part of you that remains the same. Your total person becomes new. We may not be perfect, but there's one thing for sure. We are not who we used to be. 
Old things have passed away. The best of us, as well as the worst of us, the vilest of us, the most scandalous of us. And we have some, amen? But we are totally recreated, totally recreated, brand new from the top to the bottom. So regard no one from a worldly point of view. Will you stand with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we know your face and your features. We even know your story. Man, it's good to know a person's story. Because then they become more than just a face or a name. To know the story, man, that makes a person, a person much more, much greater, more, much more deep, you know. But it's time that we get to know the spiritual man, the spiritual woman, and to see that person rise up. You are a spirit that is embodied. And so the enemy will try to entrap the spiritual man through the body, through the dirt part of us, the earthly part of us, the worldly part of us. It's easy. It's harder for the, the enemy to trap us just spiritually. And, and we war in, in, in the spirit and we fight in the spirit. But it's easier for him to get to us through the flesh, through the dirt. And so he creates ways for the dirt to be bound by the things of the earth, addictions, you know, strongholds, you know, flesh, seeking flesh, all kinds of things, and we become bogged down. But you are a spirit. You are a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. That's what you are. There's more to you than what meets the eye. Allow the spiritual man, that spiritual woman, to rise up. And it's that, it's that person, that spiritual man, that spiritual woman we'd like to see show up this year. In the year of 2019, the real you to emerge, the one that Christ died for, gifted, empowered, graciously enabled to do far more than we can ask or imagine. Let that person show up this morning. Amen. The spiritual you, the man or the woman that Christ has created. Father God, I thank you. For what you're doing in each of our lives this morning, I thank you. Father, help us no longer to regard anyone from a worldly point of view, from mere worldly physical circumstances, to judge people based on social status, economics, wealth, to look beyond the physical, to look beyond the clothing, the styles, to look beyond those things that the world uses to create status and categories. Father, I pray that you would help us to see in people the spirit of the living God, to see, Father God, what lies dormant, what needs to be revived and awakened, the valuable part of the individual Oh God, help us, my God, to revive hope in those, to, to show up with something to give, to see them emerge out of the, out of the cloud, out of, the, out of the, the lies of the enemy. Do a work this morning. I pray this morning for deliverance. I pray this morning, Father, that you would set captives free. Oh, that you would show up, my God, in a powerful way. We are spiritual. We are spirits. 
living in a body. We are spirit. We are not bodies that have come to life. We are spirits living in a body. Let us be spiritual and look beyond the flesh. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. And if God has spoken to you this morning, perhaps you say, you know what, God, I want to walk with you. Empower. There's something powerful about spirit, being spiritual. There's something powerful about being free from the bondages of the flesh. This morning, God wants to set you free. If God has spoken to you, why don't you come? Come and find a place of prayer. Ask God, God, strengthen me, the spiritual man, the spiritual woman inside of me. Help me to fight the flesh. Help me to say no to cravings. Help me to fight against the lies of the enemy, to stand my ground, to speak truth and hope, to move in the spirit, to rise up in power, to pray for those that need help. Oh God, I pray your anointing upon your people. Father God, let every hindrance fall off, my God. Every hindrance be broken this morning. Chains of bondage set captives free this morning, Lord God. You have made us free, my God. We are spiritual people, your children, filled with the living God within us, my God. I pray, Father God, that every bondage be set free this morning, that you would move upon your people empower set captives free renew restore my god have your way in our lives in jesus in jesus name